welcome to Marvelous Women, the podcast. My guest on this episode has two loves that some might consider conflicting. She loves bringing positivity to the world and has one simple goal for each day. Welcome, Abby Reynolds. Welcome to Marvelous Women, the podcast. In this episode, I'm super excited to be having a chat with the wonderful Abby Reynolds, who I've known for quite a few years. And even though we've known each other for quite some time, I think uh, I, I'm really keen to deep dive into who you are and to understand um, uh, you know, who you are as a person and to start pulling apart your stories. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. No, thank you. I insist. <laughs> so, Abby, as usual, I like to start uh, with a very ambiguous question, which could go in many different places. Abby Reynolds, this is your life. No, just kidding. <laughs> Abby Reynolds, who are you? That is a very good question, which I suppose a lot of people would find very difficult to answer, I think, because we generally probably don't think about that very much. Who are we? Um I, well, on surface level, I suppose I'm a sports nut and I love musicals as well. So I get the best of both worlds, which is surprising to a lot of people. Generally, you don't mix the love of sport with the love of musicals, I don't think. No. But, what, what's, um, your, what's your top three favourite musicals? That's that's very difficult. We grew up watching them on VHS, actually. So my dad and my mum both had that musical brain as well as I suppose the sports side as well, but um, Chicago is one of my favourites, both live, and I think they did the adaptation to movie really well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I really love one um, chorus line. I don't know if you... I, I do know a chorus yeah, line, yes. Chorus line. Um, and then West Side Story and Guys and Dolls. Uh, I suppose, uh, Guys and Dolls is probably above West Side Story for me. Um, but yeah, we watched that on VHS. I think that had Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando in it. If I'm not more well, Brandon Marlow, I can't remember his name, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, Guys and Dolls is pretty cool too, watching that as a 10 Abby, I've known you, I think, I think I've, I've, I think I've known you for over 10 years now and mm -hmm. I do not know this about you. So they <laughs> look like, we're like two minutes in. Yeah. So yeah, musicals were a big staple, a part of our lives, so. Fantastic. Yep. So sports, musicals, who else are you? Um, I'm a mother now, I suppose. That kind of defines who I am now. I suppose you have to find a new way of who you are when you become a mother, I think. Um, trying not to lose who you were before, but obviously you need to kind of adjust who you have been to adapt to bringing up a little human. So yeah, that's a big part of who I am at the moment. At and, the moment. <laughs> and do you have a timeline in mind for introducing Ollie to musicals or or is it already there? He's already started with the Disney. So I don't think you could call them musicals, but obviously like Frozen and Encanto and um, Coco. And so we've started, we're starting, yeah. Starting start them young. You got to start them young. <laughs> when he was maybe three months old, I do have a video of my older sister singing a song from Little Abner. I don't know if you know that musical. Um, I don't know yeah, that she, musical. 
she's singing. My other sister just found it on YouTube so we can watch it because it's not a well-known one. But, yeah, I have a video of her singing him a song to one of those. Like, I don't know if you, yeah, she was entertaining him. It was actually quite great. So. That's awesome. Now, with your love of musicals, is it purely about watching them? Did you dabble in drama at school? Is it something that you've kind of thought about getting into? Um, My dad was in musicals. So, yeah, he was not in, obviously he was in community musicals and I was in a few pantomimes with him when I lived with him. Um, My middle sister performed in a few more than me I was in the band side of musicals so I played the drums during high school so I was more on that side of the musicals but I think yeah it's watching them the music I suppose the story they tell any chance to break out into a song and dance I think (laughs) always draws me in so and I, I think I think I've been on the receiving end of that uh, a few times, which is really lovely. It's really really lovely. Yeah. Um, have you Have you had any thoughts, uh, you know, in in recent years about oh, you know, I really love to get back into doing something musical again. That I mean, one of the reasons I ask is I actually went to Panto on the weekend mm. um, at my local amateur theatre company, which was really good. Yeah. So it, it, there's always an opportunity to get back into it, Abby. It would be. I think sport takes up my weekends these days, so. I suppose getting involved in a musical or community theatre would probably just be a bit too full for my bucket to handle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can always, depends where my son, Ollie, you know, he might get involved. So then I'll get to be involved in the musical side of things again. But it's, yeah, always have a Broadway list on my Spotify that I bust out if you just want to, I don't know, (laughs) have a song and dance. Yeah, Yeah, feel good. Now, it's, I find it quite interesting that, that those two um, things, so sports and musicals, are your loves. Is, is there something that connects those or is there something about those two things, there's some kind of relationship between them that kind of describes you? One I can think of, if I, if I may be so bold as to, mm-hmm. to posit an answer to the question that I've just asked you, is it's about participation um, you're very big on participating in kind of just get, getting in there and, and and getting something done. Is that is there something that you can see there as a, a relationship between your loves? Uh, maybe they, I suppose, they both have a common goal, um, I think, and I suppose they both have a big aspect of team or that collegiality, I suppose you could call it as well, where you're all together striving for a purpose maybe that's Mm. what draws me into them as well because I love being involved in a team and being in that team environment I suppose musicals and sport well the sports I play obviously sport can be very individual um, but the sports I play have all been team-based sports which I think yeah is something that I've learned a lot from as well Mm -hmm. and from all your experiences in Mm in teams whether it be sports or musicals what, what is it you think like makes a good team yes that's a very good question as well I suppose you all have to have that common goal I suppose you can't in team sports you can't have you can have little individual goals but you can't let them 
I suppose, outshine the team's purpose and what the team is driving to do. I think that's really important. Yeah, the common denominator is all striving for that one purpose. And I think when you're all on the same page and when that comes together, it's kind of quite a beautiful thing to watch. I think when everyone is comes from and they can all all your team can come from I suppose a variety of different backgrounds and cultures and diversity but then you can all come together I suppose as a team and strive towards something which I think is a pretty powerful thing when it happens it takes a lot sometimes to get that to happen with a with big personalities and different backgrounds but and yeah. I suppose the the musical side of things is mm. is the same. So, you know, in a musical, everyone has their part to play mm. and that's the part that they need to play and they need to play that particular part well. So if everyone doesn't do their part, then the common goal of let's put on a really great show is not going to be as good because that person hasn't played their particular part or role so whether that be your acting was like you said the band side of things playing your drums if you if you screw up your drum beats then you know the audience is going to be whoa what's going on here and if you know the the props people or the costume people and everybody needs to play together to to be able to produce a great result yeah that's 100 percent I heard a good, I can't remember if it was a podcast I was listening to, another podcast, sorry, not yours, but I do listen to yours, um, or it was a quote maybe around the Matildas, obviously, during all that fanfare, they said, um, I am because we are, and that mm. really, really resonated with me, I suppose that comes, yeah, to what we've been talking about, sport and musicals, I can't, I can't be who I am unless we as a team are who we are when we're doing something together. So, yeah, that really kind of resonated with me when I heard that. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that um, that quote can can apply to pretty much any area of your life. Mm. It's very rare, I think, that people can accomplish things truly on their own. Either you've had help along the way, you've had some support, you've had some guidance and mentors, mm-hmm. Or it could be literally you've got someone helping you with something and we are the per- we are the person we are, English, Samantha. We are the <laughs> people that we are today because of what has come before and who has helped us along the way. Yep, that's 100%. And that's good. I suppose that's both positive and negative experiences you've had as well. We are who we are because of all those experiences collectively. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so thinking about uh your 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 different elements of you. So you've got your your musicals, you've got your sport, you've got your mom. Um what is it that drives you? And I'm curious to see if that if what drives you is different for the different parts of your life. So between work, outside of work, hobbies what is it that kind of keeps you going going um well my main goal Jen I like to keep it quite simple actually my ability to make at least one person laugh in a day generally means I've ticked a big thing off my list um I like to ensure that people 
try and have at least one positive thing that they can take away from their day. And if I can have a small impact in that, then I think that's a pretty great thing. Um, making a difference, it doesn't need to be large, really drives me. Like it doesn't need to be a big thing. It literally, as I said, could be just making someone laugh and you've made a difference mm. um, for their day or their week or obviously we people have so much going on. Um, yeah. My family drives me as well, being a good role model for my son now giving him the confidence to go after something and knowing that it's okay to fail, mm. I think is, is a big thing for me these days, being okay to just go after something and grab onto it regardless of if you know the outcome. Yeah. I think, yeah. Instilling that ambiguity. I think that's a big thing, making mm. people realize that it's okay to not have all the answers and it's okay to not know what direction you're going in. Cause I don't think one path suits your whole life you need to be able to change at any moment so indeed I think, yeah those type of things drive me which is really simple I suppose but I do yeah I don't like to keep it I like to keep it sorry um quite simple simple is good simple is mm. good um so your 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 daily goal that you have to make at least one person laugh a day like how do you put that into practice do you kind of set out your day in advance going oh you know you're having your coffee and your toast right who am I going to make laugh today is it something that you're conscious of as you move through the day no it's quite an organic thing I suppose I said it like it's on my list and it's something I check off but it's yeah if as soon as I suppose I hear a laugh or hear someone laugh that I've had a small part of I'm like okay cool everything else I do today you know I've already <laughs> set out by making someone laugh I suppose I don't know if that's silly if that's a silly thing to have as what drives you but um I, I don't think that's silly at all I think that's very uh that's very selfless I think Abby that you know <laughs> your your goal every day isn't to do x or y for you it's about you know who who can i try and lift up today and i how I, how can that be silly that's true you put it in a good way i suppose <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so abby tell me if you were to look up marvelous woman in the dictionary whose face would you see is this based off your? Uh, it can be based your, off. It can be based on pack. a marvelous woman in the deck. It can be based on whatever you want it to be based on. Besides your face, Sam, because I think you're pretty fabulous, and the energy you give to people and confidence for people to just go after something, I think is pretty incredible. So, um, besides your face, thank you. I, you I wasn't. I wasn't fishing. I just want to I let you, you know that fishing. I wasn't fishing. I know fishing. you went fishing. <laughs> um, there's a lot of, that's a really tough question because I think there's so many marvellous women that have come before us and that. Um, so I'll base it off your deck because I suppose that allows me to just pick pick ones. Um, <clears throat> I think Jacinta Ardern, um she stands out to me. She's, I think, just her relatability and her humbleness. Mm. She comes across as someone who's really quite genuine, which is a big thing to me. Um, and then 
Serena Williams, obviously because of her sporting prowess, but she's also unapologetically herself, which mm. does put people off. Um, but she she never, I suppose, apologizes for how she reacts or letting her emotions um, show when she's either disappointed about something or when she's happy about something, um, regardless of if you agree. I suppose there's a lot of people who don't necessarily agree with her behaviour sometimes, but I think, yeah, she's unapologetically herself, which I think people can learn a lot from. Hmm. And I think that the two <clears throat> people that you've picked there, Abby, is actually there's the, there's a theme between them of that genuineness mm. um, of really being, I mean, if you think about Jacinda in, in the, the nature of the work that, that she did, you know, she could have taken things a very different way yeah. in how she behaved and how she worked with people. But you know, that, um, as you said, that humility and the genuineness and the human connection mm-hmm. actually stripping away, and I think this is for both of for both of them, stripping away the the pretension and the layers of masks and just being themselves, just being human. Um, it's quite interesting that you picked those two. Yeah. Well, it's a big, I suppose a lot of people in the public eye unfortunately have to put on a mask and mm which is sad in a way that they don't get to be themselves, but that's the pressure of media and that's the pressure of social or society and how we think people have to act when they're in certain levels of power or certain positions. So Mm. it's great. It's great to, well, I suppose we're never going to hundred percent know if that's exactly who they are, but um, they both feel quite genuine and what you get is what you see, I think with Mm. both of them. So have have you ever been in a situation yourself where you realize, hang on, I'm I'm actually not being myself here. I need to check myself and bring bring Abby back. <laughs> have you ever had something like that? Yeah, I suppose my partner does. Um, she calls me a bit of a chameleon, so I kind of adapt myself depending on the environment and the situation I'm in. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I think I always maintain my core values and core self regardless of when I'm adapting because obviously some situations you have to um but I always yeah try and maintain maintain my humor and maintain Mm. who I am to a certain degree I don't ever want to steer clear um steer clear of that too much I don't know if that's the right wording steer yeah, let's go with that. Steer clear. Let's, Steer let's go with that. Yeah, you um, you want to you want to stay true to you, and that so, that um, if I can call it shape shifting, because I think that sounds cool. The shape shifting yeah. that that you talked about, you know, kind of morphing to being who you think, uh, who like the version of you, but still being you, the version of you that's appropriate for the situation. Is that a conscious thing that happens or does it just kind of happen without you being aware of it? I don't, I'm not aware of it. I think, yeah, maybe I suppose dabbling back into your previous question as well. I think a lot more when I was younger, I probably, you try and fit in a lot more and you try and change who you are depending Mm -hmm. on, not depending, but like to fit in and to, yeah, 
get along with people. But I think as we get older or the beauty of our life experiences or for me in particular, it's realising that to, yeah, be okay with who you are and you shouldn't have to change yourself just to suit someone else. And if you do, then you probably don't really want that person around or Mm. want that person in your life much. Um, It just, yeah, it just kind of happens. I think I try not to... I try not to do it too much, like treat everyone the same and everyone as a person. I think a lot of people get worried about if they're meeting with someone a lot higher up than them in like their employee food chain or like a CEO or a fancy academic who I deal with a lot that they think they need to change their behaviour or adapt who they are because they're dealing with someone a lot higher than them. But they're also people too and I think people just need to deal with people and you just need to deal with them on the same same level because everyone is everyone's a person so I think I think that what you've just described there is probably something that most of us either have or have had at some point in our lives when Mm -hmm. you meet someone um, and maybe that person is um, you're, you're and intimidated isn't necessarily the word, but you feel like you need to behave a little bit differently. You need to talk differently. You need to mm. you know be different. What advice would you give on how to just stay true to you and be you, genuinely you, regardless of who you who you're working with? It's, I suppose it's hard because you always want to try and impress people. Mm. I think everyone does. Everyone wants to try and impress people no matter, yeah, if you're meeting them for the first time or if you're dealing with someone quite important either in your work or in sport or in a musical, you're always trying to impress someone. So you just need to stick to your core I think it's really important to stick to your core values and to stick to all that age-old saying of treat someone how you want to be treated like Mm. I think we've some a lot of people have lost sight of that um sometimes and if you're not yeah if you I suppose don't like people to make a fuss over you then you don't need to really make a fuss over other people as well. Or if you don't like to be spoken down to, then you shouldn't speak down to other people. So I think it that saying always rings true to me as well. I'm not going to mm-hmm. speak to someone if I don't enjoy being spoken to in that same manner because that's not fair and that goes against who you are. So always, always just try and keep that. Um, and another thing I suppose like, it was an example. I think it was someone was emailing someone at work once and they're like, I was like, well, why don't you just call them? And they're like, oh, they're really busy and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but your time is important too. Like just because they're higher than you doesn't mean your time or the respect of your time isn't as great as theirs. So I think, yeah, your needs are just as important as the person that you're dealing with or the person that, yeah, you're speaking to. So. So you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, sticking to your your core values and being genuine and being true to yourself. So this is a two-pronged question. Number one, could you share with us what your values are? And number two, how do you keep yourself true to those values? 
<clears throat> um, I, well, I've surrounded myself, I suppose I'll answer the second part first. I've surrounded myself with a core group of friends who I consider my family as well as my partner and they keep me in check a lot. Um, they don't, I suppose they call out my bullshit. They, if I'm allowed to, apologies for the viewers for swearing. Um, no, we're, being, we're genuine here on Marvelous Women, the true, podcast. And if, and if it's calling out your bullshit, then it's calling out your bullshit. Yeah, they call out my bullshit. They let me be unapologetically myself. They don't, I suppose, question that. They accept me for all my crazy um regardless of what that is so I think that's really important surrounding yourself um with that core group of people it does you, I don't think you need a lot of people in your life you need a core group that yeah that you can be 100% yourself with um and that may take a while to find that like it took yeah it took me a, a good while to find that group of people that didn't question who you were and just let you be yourself authentically. Which how, once... how do you find these people? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, right? I think it's how you who you attract. Your energy is a big thing. And I think learning, as I said before, learning that if what you're putting into a friendship or a relationship, if you're not receiving that back, then I think you probably should think about whether that's worth having or that mm -hmm. person is worth having in your life because... I don't, yeah, I don't think a friendship or a relationship as well or whoever you're dealing with, if you're always feeling anxious to see them or getting negative vibes from them, like I don't think that's probably something that you should have to maintain in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's the ability to be able to cut that off and to say no and to not have them involved. I, it's, well, it's a hard thing to do. Um, yes. But you can do it in a way, obviously, if you have to work with people like that, you can be respectful and polite at work. You just obviously don't give them a lot of your time and energy, but you, there's, you, know, you can go about it in a way where you're not going to be rude and, I suppose, um, disrespectful to them. Mm. The first part of your question, what are my values? Which, <laughs> yes, I suppose, who am I? Like, who are you? That's based off <laughs> that question as well. So I think values change a lot throughout your life as well depending on your experiences and what you've learned I don't think I could probably list yeah list list my values off the top of my head um I, I go on like yeah I'm all feel. about relate instinct feel, instinct feel gut relationships I've built positivity is a big thing maybe that's yeah that's probably my main my main value is positivity and always trying to find something positive out of any situation. Mm. I'm just wondering if the, if there's a, <clears throat> a relationship between, again, going going back to your, your two loves of sport and, and musicals, <laughs> an instinct because I think instinct is probably a big part of both of those things because uh, with those things in particular, no matter how much you plan and no matter how much you, I, I suppose, build a strategy, there's always something that doesn't quite go to plan. A hundred percent. That 
well, that goes with, I suppose, another quote that I read from a, um, one of the females that plays AFLW from the Mighty Brisbane Lions who just won the premiership. So kudos to them. They're amazing as a group and the culture they've built. But um, this particular player wrote on her Instagram that practice makes permanent rather than practice makes perfect, which I really, really liked because it takes away from that practice makes perfect because perfect almost takes away your ability to make mistakes. Mm. And I'm a big believer that mistakes is where we learn and mistakes gives us the ability to get better and gives us a chance to improve. And so it's taking away that fear of failure and fear of letting people down. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but. Yeah, I I, th- I think it does. Um, <clears throat> and just that, you know, you you need to be able to, you know, you can't, in, in both of those things, you can't necessarily always follow a formula because something's no. going to happen, which means you have to think on your feet and you mm-hmm. have to react in a way that you feel is the best to the best thing to do in the moment. Yeah, and a coach, yeah, relating it back to sport, a coach can give their players and their team a whole structure and a whole plan to follow, but they need to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D because on the day anything can happen. And so you need to be comfortable sitting as we've as we've said before, sitting in that ambiguity and sitting in that um, mindset of being able to change on the fly and adapt what you're doing to suit the situation because you never know you you never know what's going to happen. You could be the best planner in the world and something could go wrong. And I think you need to be okay with that. A lot of people get stuck to a plan, but I think the more open your mind is that that plan may change I think the better it will serve you in life really yes now I'm torn Abby I've got time (laughs) for one more question with you and there are two that I really want to ask so I'm going to um I don't I don't even have a have a coin to do to do heads and tails um okay all right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make an executive decision as uh as I as I want to know what they both are now. I, I will tell you both uh, what they both are. Um so the first one that I wanted to ask you is what words of wisdom would you have for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Um and I kind of feel like you've just given us that, but I'll give you the opportunity uh, de- depending on how much how how long the answer is to the question that I want to ask you. Um, what's the most important decision that you made and how did you do it? I can answer your first one really quickly. Okay, let's do it. Words of wisdom is always try and find a positive or learning from any situation and don't sit in negativity negativity too long because otherwise it will consume you. Definitely sit in it, feel the emotion, but then move on. Nice. that was quick, nice and quick for you. Nice, um, nice and quick. The most important decision. That's really, yeah, that's, I I probably forget about all the decisions I made. So I don't have like a 
refidex in my brain of all the decisions. You know, you make about, everybody makes about (laughs) 35,000 decisions a day and about 200 about food. So, you know, we, we, we make a lot of decisions every day, but the most important one that you've made. In my life. In Um, your life. I suppose moving over to Queensland was probably one of the most important decisions I've made. That was when I was 14. Mm. I lived with, I grew up in Western Australia and lived with my dad over there and my mum and my stepdad were in Queensland and I decided at the end of grade nine that I wanted to move to Queensland because I wasn't doing well in school. Um, I wanted home-cooked meals again because we were boarding school. So I suppose that was a really important decision in my life and I suppose gave me focus again at school and really shaped, yeah, helped me shape who I am, I suppose, as well, moving to Queensland. So, and now I've been in Queensland ever since, so that was probably, yeah, an early important decision. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That I've made. Um, And not, not that it would be helpful, but do you ever think about kind of you know that that whole sliding doors concept and who would I be today were it not for my choice and I think it's quite interesting that you made that choice at such a young age to you know to be able to focus on your schoolwork because I can't imagine many many 14 year old I mean I don't even know what I was thinking at 14 it's a long time ago but you know to, to make that choice at age 14 now I really need to focus on my schoolwork so I'm going to move across the country to do that. Uh, my mum was a teacher, so that probably helped. And yeah. I was just playing. Oh, I wasn't playing up, but, yeah, I suppose I was. I just wasn't. I was too busy tr- trying to have fun. And mm. I think I have suppose learnt the balance of having fun. And you can still be working hard but have fun. And I think I've, I've worked out that balance quite well later on in my life. And I think that actually sums you up really nicely you can work hard and you can have fun and actually this takes us full circle right back to the beginning of who you are which is sport and musicals because both of those are really hard work but both of them can also be really fun so I think that 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 is a fantastic way (laughs) to sum you up you can work hard and have fun that's it I think I think people forget that they think if you're having fun, you're not working hard, but I would challenge them on that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Abby Reynolds, thank you so much for being here on Marvelous Women, the podcast, and for answering both of my final two questions. <laughs> I, didn't ha- I didn't have to pick. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Abby, for sharing your insights and great stories and great quotes that are really going to stick in my mind. I am because we are. You can have you can have fun and work hard and try and find a positive in every situation. Don't sit in the negativity too long. Until next time, stay marvellous. Mm-hmm.